Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Well, welcome everybody. Welcome uh, to everyone on site and everybody watching online as well. You know, haven't seen you guys since last year. I had to. I had, we, haven't, we didn't meet last week, and as a dad, I'm legally obligated to make that joke, so I had to do it. Uh, <laughs> man, I'm pumped for today. I am pumped for today. Uh, the best word I can think of to describe how I'm feeling for this upcoming year is expectant. I'm just expectant. Is anybody else expectant in 2023? You're, you're believing Great things are coming. You're believing God's gonna move in mighty ways. I know that's where I'm at. Uh, and it actually leads me to one of the things that we have available out in the lobby. Did anyone pick up a sermon notebook? Show them if you got them. Show them if you got them. There we go. Um, I wanna encourage you, pick one of those up on your way out if you don't have one. Uh, it's something that we're gonna try to cultivate this year that we haven't really, you know, we used to years ago. We had note-taking guides at Cornerstone, then we've kind of done away with the physical ones, but we're bringing it back with these uh, notebooks. Man, pick these up. Uh, the reason why is not because I'm dropping so many dimes of wisdom up here that you better have a notebook to contain it all. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. What we're saying is, man, if we're, if we're an expectant people, a people who are believing God to speak, for God to move, for God to show up in different ways, we wanna be ready for that, don't we? And there's something about a notebook, or if you're a note taker on your phone, I get it, that's, that's me too. Uh, just some way to be able to record, man, when God speaks, I'm ready. When God talks, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to, to memorialize it, to take it down, to jot down what God puts in my heart because I believe he's gonna be speaking to us uh, a lot this year in, in big ways especially as we get ready to head into this 21-day uh, period of fasting and prayer. If you saw that on your way in earlier, we had a video talking about that coming up starting tomorrow. When you wake up tomorrow, if you wanna participate, we're trying to have as many people in our church family do this as possible. Uh, we're just gonna be fasting and praying, seeking God's will for our church, for our life, for this upcoming year. Um, the fast can look different for, for wherever you're at, for health reasons. Some people aren't fasting food and for uh, other reasons, people are fasting social media or, you know, something like that. Uh, but man, I would encourage you to be a part of it. And by the way, if you've been seeing, I've been seeing them on uh, social media, all the different people posting uh, how they're going to be doing things and stuff. That, isn't that so awesome? It's encouraging. It's, it's encouraging seeing like young people in our church, teenagers, right, posting what they're going to be giving up. And I'm reading it and I'm like, shoot, I don't know if I'd be willing to give that up. Well, you go, like, that's pretty good, right? Like, just incredible, incredible things seeing our church family from youngest to oldest participating in this thing. So uh, uh, if you are gonna be doing that, I'll tell you this, you better expect to hear from God. <laughs> you're, if you're gonna be taking part in this in the fasting and prayer, I believe God is so gonna point out to you uh, areas in your life, things that you're doing well that he's saying, hey, keep investing here, keep, keep sowing here, different areas in your life where God's saying, hey, you know, you need to address this, you need to think on this a little bit more. So we're, we're an expectant people, we're an expectant church for 2023, and I actually feel it, it would just be good for us to kind of declare this statement over the entire uh, uh, 2023 season. Can we just say this together? Repeat after me. Uh, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Let's do it one more time. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. 
Heavenly Father, we come before you today, a humble people, a people admitting that we cannot figure this out on our own, that we need you to speak. We need you to come. We need you to fill this place because we can't do it on our own. All of our knowledge combined, it, it, it means nothing if you don't meet us here, if you don't speak. Uh, and so God, do that. In these next moments, let your Holy Spirit fill this place. Let it fill the place wherever anyone is watching and joining us online. God, go beyond this moment. Fill the place whenever someone is watching or listening to this sermon weeks, months, or years down the road for them to know that God is with them in this moment, speaking to them and pulling their heart to his purpose for their life. And God, be with me in these next moments um, as I speak, that I would speak clearly, that I would speak from your word God, if people walk away today having heard Pastor Jacob's opinion, it will have been a failure. Help me to communicate your word, your word clearly, so that we can hear it and be changed by the hearing of it. We love you so much, Father, and we pray all this in your name. And everybody said together, amen, amen. amen. Well, it is Vision Weekend at Cornerstone, and this is the day that we kind of set the tone for all of 2023, right? We kind of set the tone for 2023. Um, it's, uh, this is what I'll say just from the onset, just to temper expectations. If you're new to Cornerstone, you may not know this, um, but whenever we talk about what's on the agenda for 2023, what we're not talking about is, okay, so let's, let's bring up the, the pie chart and the, the graphics that show we're gonna launch this ministry and we're gonna do this and we're gonna have this many people baptized. We're gonna have this many salvations. We're gonna have the, we, we don't do that here. Uh, there's nothing wrong with churches that do that, but we know for us, for Cornerstone, we just, we don't, those aren't our kind of vision Sundays because for us, we've talked about this so much as a staff, it feels very arbitrary. Like whenever we're throwing out numbers and stuff, we're like, well, why a hundred baptisms? I don't know, because a hundred's a round number and it sounds good, right? Like there's, there's real no rhyme or reason. And so what we've decided at Cornerstone is, you know what? Our vision Sundays are not gonna be about what we do, but about who we become. That's what we're gonna focus on. We're gonna be very intentional to say, you know what? We, we hope and we pray we hit things like a hundred baptisms and this many new people here and this many salvations. Of course we want that. But that will be a byproduct of us focusing on becoming fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And so that's, what we're, that's where we're focusing on. That's where our money's at. We're all in on who we're becoming this year. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about today. And it's also the start of our brand new series, Mindset Masterclass. Mindset Masterclass. Um, I wanted us to start the year off this way because I feel like the way that we think is so Powerful. I guarantee you, if you would go back over the last year, 2022, and listen back to my sermons, you would hear me talk about perspectives and mindsets all over the place, just over and over again. And so I thought it would be good to have one concerted series really talking about this idea of our mindsets. Now, kind of as an introduction to what we're gonna be talking about, our minds are really uh, divided into two separate uh, things, and this is, this is scientific. You can look this up. You can see the studies on it. Our minds are really divided into an active mind and an automatic mind. An active mind and an automatic mind. Our active mind is the things that we are currently thinking on right now. Like, what's for lunch? Like, that's your active mind right now. You're like, should we do Applebee's? Should we do this? Right? That's the active mind. Your, your current, I'm thinking on it, I'm problem solving, I'm figuring it out. That's active. Now, here's the thing. Your active mind studies show that about 5 to 10% of the things going on in your life, the activities that your mind is processing, only about 5 to 10% are being worked on by the active mind. Yikes. 
<laughs> right? Like that's, that's a little scary uh, because that means the other 10 or the other uh, uh, 90 to 95% of our mind is not being controlled by the active, I'm really thinking on this, it's being controlled by automatic mindsets. Automatic mindsets, which should scare you if your knee-jerk reactions aren't that wonderful. Who knows what I'm talking about, right? Your knee-jerk reactions to things, your, your, your automatic mind processings that you're going like, ooh, why did I say that? Or ooh, why did I talk like that to the kids? Or how could I have forgotten that? How could I have done this? That's your automatic mind just taking over. Whenever your active mind is already consumed, your automatic mind takes over. And for many of us, many of us, me included, our our automatic mind, it needs a lot of help. It needs a lot of help. This is, in fact, uh, what Scripture says. Let's let's look at Romans 12. This is going to be kind of our uh, purpose verses for this series. Romans chapter 12. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome. And this is what he says in verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by how? By changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's perfect will which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let God change the way you think. Change the way you think. That's what we're gonna be learning. That's what we're gonna be focusing on for these seven weeks of this series, changing the way we think, which brings me back to today, to Vision Weekend at Cornerstone. If there is one area that I think we need to change the way we think, if there is one area that I could just highlight and say, you know what, this is an area where we need a paradigm shift, a perspective change in the way that we think. It's in what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me read this and then we'll get to the sermon title for today. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He's, he's talking about a bunch of pressure he's been dealing with, right? He, he's had pressure after pressure, hardship after hardship, trial after trial, and it finally culminates with this terrible thing that he's dealing with. And he is begging and pleading, God, take this away from me. Take away the pressure, take away the pain, take away the hardship. And this is what it says in verse nine. Each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You see, what Paul was able to say is, I'm finding myself under pressure. I'm finding myself crippled by the hardships and the persecution and what people are saying about me and the things that I'm going up against. And it's, it's so overwhelming. It's so hard. I'm begging and pleading, God, take this away from me. But what I've actually discovered is I'm better under pressure. I'm better under pressure. That's our title for today. Can you say that with me? I'm better under pressure. I'm better under pressure. That is our word for the year. Pressure, pressure, right? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's our church. That's our church word for the year. Uh, and yeah, that you saying "oh" is exactly what uh, uh, the the reaction that Rachel Carpenter, uh, the uh, I sent her all of the information as we were heading into the new year uh, a few months back, and I'm like, so this is what I'm thinking. 
verses for the year, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, uh, our word for the year is gonna be pressure. And she wrote back in text, pressure, question mark, okay, dot, 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 I'm intrigued, <laughs> right? Like, where, where are we going with this? And I think we had her kind of like, pressure is the same thing that had you guys probably thinking, pressure, because typically when people have words for the year, it's like, grow, you know, like, courage, bravery, like, simplify, like, those are the kind of words for the year, not pressure, like, no one's out here posting, like, my word for 2023 is anxiety, like, I'm really, this is the, this is the year of stress for me, like, I, I'm just declaring this over my year, that's not, right, I'm just, I'm, I'm picturing the, like, walking into someone's house, and they have, like, the pretty artwork that says, like, anxiety on the wall for 2023, uh, that is not what people do, right? That's not what people do. And so why pressure? Why pressure? Well, I would say it's because pressure, pressure, I didn't, you know, feel God leading me towards this word for us for the year because that's like our plan, right? Like all those other words, courage, people, people say, you know what? I, I need to be more courageous. I need to be more brave in my life. And so courage is my word for the year. I need to cut back. I need to stop being so uh, self-focused, and so I need to simplify. So that's my word for the year. Um, so pressure, it, it, why that one? Well, it's not our plan. It's a prediction. It's a prediction. I am predicting pressure for our church, and this is why. I believe God is, this year, guys, I believe this year is a year where we, we see our platform, we see our influence, increase in ways we've never seen before. And I'm, I'm, I'm very carefully wording that because that's what I mean. Notice I didn't say our attendance. Notice I didn't say, we're gonna be on TV. Like I'm not, that's not what matters. I believe our influence in our community and outside of our community is gonna grow. I believe the platform that God has given us is gonna grow in, in huge ways. And this is what I know to be true. When God gives a platform, it always comes with pressure. Every single time. If you have a notebook, this is time to start writing because we're hopping into the meat of the sermon now. When God gives you a platform, it always comes with pressure. I'll, I'll, say, this, I'll say this once just as a, a qualifier. Uh, today is gonna be a little bit of a therapy session for me, okay? Feel free to send me a bill at any time, but you guys are just gonna hear, have to hear me out. And this is why, because... Uh, I'm gonna have to project what I'm going through and what I'm feeling, just, I'm just gonna have to project it because I don't, I don't know you and I don't know your particular situation that well. I, I, I can't diagnose everybody's pressure points exactly, no matter how well I know you. So I'm, I can only speak from my own experience, but speaking from my own experience, I have seen this to be true, that when God gives you a platform, it always comes with pressure. Um, Prior to becoming the lead pastor at Cornerstone, and this is gonna sound arrogant or egotistical, and I don't mean it to be that way, I'm dead serious. Prior to becoming the lead pastor at Cornerstone, I was probably the most popular person I know. <laughs> and, this is, and this is what I mean by that. I could easily count on one hand, and may, may not even need all of my fingers, people who actively disliked me. Like, that's it, like, for real, like, the, that's one of the things people would always say. is like, man, Pastor Jacob, there's not anyone who'd say a bad word about him. Jacob's such a nice guy. He's such a great guy. Oh, he's the nicest guy and everything like that. For real, on one hand, then I became lead pastor. <laughs> then I start preaching sermons. 
And I start making decisions and I start making calls and I'm, I, I'm trying to lead as best as I know and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm, I'm messing up here and I'm trying to do good here and you know, I'm stuff falls through the cracks. But through all of these things, suddenly I find it like, oh, I think I need two hands now. <laughs> might need to use some toes too, who knows, right? Like I might have to pull off the socks because I'm, I'm experiencing things that I'm like, I've never experienced this before. Like I've, like this last year is the first time I knowingly had multiple people unfollow me on Facebook. I'm like, it, this is how new it was to me. I thought it was a glitch. I'm like, oh, that can't be. Like, let's just refresh this page. Like that, that can't be. Let me add them again, right? Like, <laughs> because it was so like, really? Like people unfollowing, this is crazy. Like this is, I've never, I've never experienced before. We've had, guys, we've had people leave the church, be like Cornerstone, I'm out. And if they could put blame on one person, me, myself, and I, it's right here. And this is new. I'm like, what? Well, what happened to popular Jacob? What happened to the guy that everybody liked? What happened to the guy that like, he was, you know, just kind of whatever. It's, it's the platform. And with the platforms comes influence and decisions and pressure. Every single platform God gives you, it's going to come with pressure. You know that. Because as I'm speaking, chances are the reason you're laughing and you're, because, because you know in your head, yeah, that's me. That's me at my job. That's me with the New Year's resolution that I just posted on Facebook that I wish I wouldn't have posted because I said, oh, this is the year I finally shed those 50 pounds. And then you went to the Mexican restaurant yesterday and your, <laughs> your, your buddy's looking at you like, really now? Like, this is the year with all that queso. Like, yeah, I don't think so. Like, it's not, right? And you feel it. You feel the pressure. People are watching you. You have a platform and suddenly there comes the pressure. You've got kids and you're trying to raise them right. And you see how everybody else is raising them and it looks like everyone else is doing fine. But man, you, you feel like you yell and you get mad quicker than you should and you're not as patient as you should be. And there's just pressure, there's pressure. When God gives you a platform, when God gives you influence, it always comes with pressure. And I'm telling you, it's coming for our church. It's coming for our church. We're, we, we've got a new facility on the way that we are breaking ground on this year. Like that's absolutely, like phase one is happening this year. And this is what I'll tell you, whether right or wrong in North America, a big shiny building gives you a bigger platform. It does. Like a new look, there are so many people who would love Cornerstone if they gave us a try, but they just drive right on by because they're like, eh, doesn't look like the other churches. If these are both equal, which one am I really gonna give a try, right? It's just, it's the nature of the world. So a big shiny building, a new building that looks nice and an actual parking lot, not like gravel and stuff, is, it's, it's gonna give us influence. It's gonna give us a bigger platform. I believe the way that we try to live out the kingdom of God at Cornerstone is gonna give us a bigger platform because people are getting so sick and tired of places that don't look or feel like the kingdom of God. And so these kind of things, they're gonna grow our platform, but with that platform comes pressure and a whole lot of it. Paul knows this. The Apostle Paul knows this. He's experienced this in his life. He, he, 
is brought into ministry because he sees Jesus, completely changes his life, and suddenly he goes from someone who's trying to extinguish Christianity to someone who's trying to spread it everywhere he can, and God gives him a huge platform. I mean, this guy is going across the Mediterranean Sea from city to city, starting church after church, training leader after leader. He's going all over the place, and his platform, his influence, continues to increase, and guess what increases at the same rate? Pressure. In 2 Corinthians, the book that our, our uh, verses for the year comes from, in this letter, honestly, it's just a letter of pressure. Paul is just outlining over and over and over again this hardship and that hardship and this trial and that trial just in these chapters alone. Listen to this. This is crazy. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, chapter 4, chapter 6, chapter 7, and chapter 11. That is five separate chapters of this book all deal with Paul talking about this hardship, that hardship, this pressure, that pressure, all of the stuff that I have faced as God has raised my influence, as he has raised my platform, all of this pressure has raised at the exact same time. When God gives you a platform, it always comes with pressure. It always comes with pressure and it eventually culminates uh, and what we were reading earlier today with this thorn in the flesh that Paul is talking about. It's this like last straw of pressure that he's been dealing with. He's, he's been facing all these things and then now he talks in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses seven and eight, he talks about this thing. He just refers to it as a thorn in the flesh. It's this, this affliction that he has. We don't know if it's a physical illness we don't know if it's a person. We don't know if it's a situation, but he has this thing that he calls a thorn in the flesh and it is agonizing and it's pressuring him to the point that he says, I pleaded with God three different times to take it away. And what Paul learned is what we're gonna learn as God continues to raise our platform and the pressure comes. Paul learned, you don't get to pick your pressure. Paul was begging God, God, take this away. And God saying, doesn't work that way. You, you don't pick your pressure. You don't pick the pressure that you're under. You don't pick the pressure that you're going through. You see, Paul couldn't pick his thorn in the flesh and you can't pick your sister-in-law. <laughs> like you, that's who she is, right? Like you, in most cases, you can't pick your boss. Your boss is your boss and you can't pick the family you were born into. Like, these things, these pressure cooker situations, you cannot pick them in most cases. Sure, here or there, you may be able to, yeah, that's a choice that I made or this is what happened, but mostly you are not picking your pressure. I know this to be true because, man, I've, I'm going through some stuff right now, personally, right? Personally going through a, a few different situations that have pressure, they just have pressure, and I'll tell you this, the pressure that I'm feeling, the pressure that I'm under, the pressure that I'm uh, experiencing right now, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard, and I didn't pick it. And I, here, not, not only did I not pick it, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> like, if I were to go back to December uh, of 2022, if I go to December and be like, you know what, I'm gonna look ahead to where I am on January 8th, I would never predict that I would be where I'm at and that I'd be dealing with the pressures I'm dealing with and that the things that have been, you know, just eating up space in my mind, that those would be the things that I'm going over, but it is. Those are the things that I'm dealing with and the things that I'm facing and the things that uh, I'm going over and I couldn't predict them, I couldn't pick them, but they came for me nonetheless. 
They came for me nonetheless, and this is what I know. They'll come for you too. Maybe they already have. Maybe you're already experiencing the pressure. Maybe it's already on you, and you didn't pick it. And that's exactly how it works. You can't pick it. You can't control it. But you can kind of see it coming, right? <laughs> you can kind of see the, the way that it starts to creep into your situation, the way that pressure starts to, to rise up as the platform builds, as the influence builds, it starts to come in. And here's what I know to be true because I've, I've been feeling it in my own life. Like, man, I'll tell you, this sermon honestly was one of the hardest sermons for me to prepare this week because of stuff that I'm going through. My mind was everywhere but here. <laughs> like everywhere but here. Me, me and my wife, Jessica, we prayed multiple times that God, please just help me to focus in. But I can't, I, I, I can't pick it. <laughs> like I couldn't tell the pressure that we're facing to be like, hey, you know what? This is a really bad time. It's vision weekend at Cornerstone. Monday morning, we've got our, our big staff meeting where we plan for the year. It's called our staff advance. You know what, pressure? If we could just push this off to next week, that would be perfect. <laughs> like I I would love to have done that, but it doesn't work that way because you don't pick your pressure and it is coming for you and it's coming for me and it's coming for our church. And this is what's so scary. If we do not process pressure properly, it will pulverize us. It will, it will completely and utterly crush you until there's nothing left. That's how pressure works. If it is not processed correctly, if it's not processed Properly, This is what the Apostle Paul says at the beginning of 2 Corinthians. And we don't have these verses on the screen. I just want to read this to you. This is 2 Corinthians verse 1, 8. He's talking about pressure that he went under. And he says this, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Listen, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. We were crushed. We were pressed in a way we never thought. We were crushed what felt like beyond our ability to endure. Has anyone seen um, those videos online? They're typically on like reels or TikToks or something like that. Of, they're called like the oddly satisfying videos where like it's just something that for some reason you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And you, before you know it, you've watched like 30 of these things. Um, and, and what they'll do is like someone will take like a household item or like some kind of crazy item and put it in like a shredder or like a compactor or like a hydraulic like press. Has anyone seen these videos before? Like kids love them. Like I don't get it. Like, you know, my kids will be on YouTube kids and they're kind of watching it and you look over and you're like, that's so silly. Oh, that's kind of cool. Wonder what that one's gonna look like. <laughs> and then you find yourself watching it too, right? You're, you're, you're in there now. Um, and so these hydraulic presses, it's crazy. Uh, these things, they work off pressure. And so what these people will do, they have this big, it's like a big piston and they'll put like a rubber ducky or like a, a candle, like a lit candle or, you know, just something, a, a big stack of post-its and they'll put it on this thing and then they, boom, they put on the hydraulic piston and it starts coming down and the pressure is just crushing. Like it completely obliterates these things. There is nothing left of the post-its. There is nothing left of the rubber ducky or of the candle. They're just gone, right? And it is funny because like I was thinking, man, if you could watch that video in like rewind, you wouldn't even know what you were looking at. The thing is so distorted beyond recognition, you wouldn't even know that was a rubber duck if you started at the end. You wouldn't even know that was a candle. 
if you started at the end. You, you would have no idea because the pressure crushed it beyond recognition. It pulverized it. If we do not properly process the pressure in our life, that's what's gonna happen to our year. That's what's gonna happen to God's hopes and plans for your life. You're gonna get to a point where suddenly you're looking back and you're going, I don't even recognize who I am anymore. All of those dreams, all of that, the, the, the purpose that I felt like God put in my life and planted in my heart, where is it? Where is it? And it's because pressure has beat you down, has kicked you back, and has completely crushed God's plan for your life. If we do not properly process pressure, it will pulverize us. So what do we do? This is where it feels like the very Christian response is, I, well, pray. Like, that's what we do, right? We just, we pray and we pray that God takes it away because that's what we do for just about everything, right? Like God, deliver me from this. God, deliver me from that. God, deliver, deliver, take me away, take me away. Just get me out of this situation. I mean, that must've been what Paul did, right? Like that's the next verse. Like we were under so much pressure, felt like we were gonna crush, felt like we couldn't make it out, but we prayed for God to take it away. And sure enough, he delivered us from the situation. That's what we feel like is the next step, but it's not. And this might be the biggest paradigm shift that you hear today that you're like, wait, what? But God is not in the business of preventing pressure. We think he is. We, we would like to believe that sometimes. We pray like it is that, that God's business is to make you as safe and as comfortable in your, your comfort zone until you one day go into eternity, right? That that's, that's, that, that's just the Christian life that God delivers you from anything uncomfortable, delivers you from any kind of hardship, but it's just not biblical. <laughs> we don't see that in any of the people that we name our kids after, of any of the people that we follow. In any of their lives, we don't see, oh yeah, just kind of breezed into eternity. <laughs> like, it's hard. It's difficult. It, it's, it's crazy. God is not in the business of preventing pressure. It, it gets difficult, we face some hard things. I mean, take the Apostle Paul. This is a man who is as godly as it gets. Think about it. This guy is basically an untouchable person. Like, no matter what you throw at him, he just keeps pushing forward. He is as godly as it gets. He, he gives up everything to follow Jesus, and truly everything. Gives it all up to follow Jesus, and it is just sacrifice after sacrifice, following him every step of the way. And as Paul's platform increases... His pressure increases, his hardships increase, his trials increase, the sufferings increase. It gets harder and harder and harder. In fact, this is what Paul outlines, just some of the pressures that he was going through. He had been whipped multiple times, beaten with rods multiple times, stoned multiple times. He was shipwrecked, he was snake bitten, he had been stranded, he had been robbed, and that's just to name a few. And mind you, all of these things started when he came to Jesus. None of these are pre-Jesus. None of these are like, well, we'll count those in too because it makes the story sound better. All of these afflictions, all of these hardships, all these trials, all this persecution, all this pressure entered the picture when he started following Jesus. The pressure came into the picture when he truly changed his life. God is not in the business of preventing pressure. But how do we reconcile that? 
Because we also know this to be true. If, that, if that's true, that God is not in the business of preventing pressure, how do we reconcile it with what we know to be true from the, uh, you know, the, the, one of the first prayers a lot of us learned? What's the prayer that you learned as a kid before you ate your food? God is great. And God is good. Right. God is great and God is good. That's the prayer that we've learned. Is, and it's actually theologically correct. <laughs> he is great and he is good. So how do those things square up if God is great and God is good, but God is not gonna prevent pressure in your life. The only way that that squares up is if what we think about pressure is wrong. The only way that measures up is if the, the preconceptions that we brought in here with us today, that pressure is something to be prayed away, pressure is something that we need to just try to get out of our life, pressure is something that we need to just push away as far as we can, and we just, we, we bear down until we get through that season and we pray to God, please never let pressure come to me like that again. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe we've been seeing it incorrectly and what we need is what Paul said in Romans 12 too, to not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but to let God transform us into a new person by changing the way that we think. Maybe the way we think about pressure is not the way we should think about pressure. You see, pressure is not meant to be punitive. It's not meant to punish us. It's not this thing that we should try to just pray away and pray away. Pressure is not meant to be punitive. It's meant to be productive. It's meant to be productive. Pressure is there to produce something in us and out of us and through us. I think about my, my two daughters. So Eden, she's the oldest. Evelyn is the, uh, the middle, but she's the youngest daughter. And so whenever they were getting to uh, the place where it was like, okay, they're about to start learning to ride a bike. So we're showing Eden and we're trying to help her. And you know, she did good with the training wheels, but we take those bad boys off and we start trying with her. And the first attempt doesn't go good, right? She's just a little bit, starts to wobble and then starts to fall and she looks back and it's just like, <sighs> like okay, calm down. <laughs> like, let's run it back, let's try it one more time. Tries it again, still doesn't get it. Now this is what I'll tell you with, with my daughter, with Eden. Um, she is a perfectionist in every sense of the word. So if she's doing something, it doesn't pick it up like immediately. Like if this isn't like, oh, it just comes natural to her, she's done. She's just, I'm, well, then I'm done. I hate this. I don't like this because I'm not good at it. And so sure enough, after her second attempt and it didn't work, she drops the bike and just goes, this is the worst, and just storms into the house, right? She's, she's done. We're like, well, that was a, all of 30 seconds that we tried today. We'll try again tomorrow. And sure enough, same thing. She only wanted to do it for like two, three attempts and then nothing. Like she just did not want to try at all. And it's like becoming kind of an elongated thing. She's just not learning to ride the bike. And we're like, oh, geez, this is going to be a whole thing trying to get her to ride this. And so we're watching YouTube videos trying to figure it out. Um, but we found out the secret. You know, want to know what the secret was? Evelyn, our younger daughter. <laughs> You see, Evelyn, actually, she's, she's kind of like devil may care. It's, it's how she's been ever since she was born. She just doesn't care. So she falls off. She's like, eh, whatever. And so she hops back on. I, I wish I was more like that. Like, that'd be great. Um, she's very much that way. She just doesn't care. So she, she hops off and gets back on, hops off, gets back on. So she starts making pretty good progress, like pretty quickly, right? So, you know, she's going further and further every single time. And as the, the loving parents, I bet what you're expecting is that me and Jessica were like, Eden, sweetheart, I know you see your younger sissy. Don't worry, honey. Don't worry. You'll, you'll figure it out. You'll, you'll get it. You probably think that's what we did. It is not. You would be incorrect. 
<laughs> this is from the, the Jacob and Jessica Young School of don't do this when you're parenting, but it worked for us. Evelyn's, Evelyn's going and me and Jessica are like, ooh, your younger sister go. <laughs> it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be kind of awkward when you're riding on her pegs around the neighborhood, just saying, I don't know. <laughs> so guess what? She ran into the garage and she grabbed that bike and she figured it out. She figured it out. Now, I'm not, I know there's some people, if you're like a child psychologist, please just don't report me or anything like that. But I'm telling you, the pressure worked. That was not bad pressure. It, it was not, we're, we're gonna crush you under the weight. We knew, we knew Eden. We knew exactly what she would need for that little push. And seeing her little sister start to try it gave her that push that, you know what? I need this pressure. <laughs> this pressure is gonna help me. This, this pressure isn't to punish me or make me feel bad. This pressure is to produce something in me. It's, it's, it's to push me forward into something that I know I need to do. And that's what pressure is. Pressure is not meant to be punitive. It's meant to be productive. It's meant to be productive pressure. Let me read uh, one other scripture verse from 2 Corinthians 1, 9. So this is the Apostle Paul, he's just said uh, uh, that, man, we, we felt crushed. We felt crushed with this pressure. We felt like we were going to die. Uh, but this is what it says in verse nine. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on only God who raises the dead. That's productive pressure. He was hard pressed. He was, felt like he was gonna be crushed, felt like he was gonna die. He felt pressure on all sides. But because of that pressure, he said, in the midst of it, we learned, you know what? We can't rely on ourselves. We need to rely on the power of God, God who raises the dead, God who heals the sick, God who makes the lame walk, who makes the blind see. That's who we need to put our, our faith and our hope and our confidence in, not in ourselves. And so this pressure was productive even though he felt like he was being crushed, even though he felt like they were at the point of death, it was productive. This pressure produced power. It produced power, produced power in Paul's life, and it can do the exact same for us. Not our own power, God's power. It produces it in our life. So yes, pressure can pulverize. Uh, unregulated pressure, it's just like that hydraulic, just comes down and crushes anything and everything in its path. Pressure can pulverize, but, but if pressure is regulated, if pressure is monitored, it doesn't pulverize. It produces power. We use it to run things all around the world. Pressure is a good, powerful thing. 2 Corinthians chapter four, this is another verse I just wanna to read to you. 2 Corinthians chapter four, verse uh, eight says this. Paul writes, we are pressed on every side by troubles. Listen so close. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are pressed on literally every side. We're pressed from the side, we're pressed, it, we're, we're pressed from the side. It feels like we're pressed from expectations from other people. We're pressed from above. It even feels like God is putting pressure on us. We're pressed from below. It feels like the enemy is putting pressure on us. Every single side we have pressure, but we're not crushed. Why? Doesn't pressure pulverize? I mean, I've, I've seen what it did with that hydraulic lift. Pressure crushes things unless the pressure is regulated unless there is someone monitoring the pressure, making sure just the right amount is applied. 
That is exactly what we have in God. We have the ultimate pressure regulator who is giving us exactly what we need, the exact right amount of pressure in our life to produce the power of his Holy Spirit at work in our life. We are pressed, but not crushed. Has anyone ever been, been the kid who forgot to put out the meat to thaw for mom before she left? Those summer days where mom's like, hey, honey, <laughs> don't forget, since you're at home all day doing literally nothing, to just pull this meat out at this time so it'll be ready to cook. You're like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And sure enough, 4.45, and you realize that piece of chicken is still frozen. Just, it's ice. It's an ice cube right now. Like, and you're just, you're, you're dead. You're dead meat at that point. You're as dead as that chicken is, right? Like, you're, you're in a bad, bad way. But like younger kids now, they're not even gonna know what that was because we have these wonderful things, these instant pots. Does anyone own an instant pot or like a pressure cooker or anything like that? Aren't they wonderful, right? These things, you can run these things off your Bluetooth now. It's crazy. Like you can control them from work. Um, but these pressure cookers, these instant pots, these things are amazing. You can put in, even if it's frozen, man, you can put that thing in there and it only adds like five minutes of cook time. It's crazy how these work and what they do is they take this unbelievable force of nature called pressure and they use it properly. They process it properly. They use it for its advantage. And so when it applies the pressure inside of that pressure cooker, these pieces of meat, these things that we cook in there that would take hours, it would take all day, can be ready, can be tender, can be cooked in minutes. It's unbelievable but that's the power of pressure when properly processed, when properly applied. And here's what is so great about God. This is what's so great about the Holy Spirit at work in our lives is that he knows exactly what we need. You don't. You would choose the pressure-free life because I would too. You would choose the pain-free life because I would too. And you would never grow. You would never look like Jesus. You would never be the person that God intended you to be because you would never have the pressure that you need to produce what you have to have in your life. You just wouldn't choose it. And neither would I. But thank God, God is God. <laughs> thank God he knows what he's doing and that he can apply the perfect amount of pressure. That's what happens with these uh, instant pots. The regulator in them knows the exact amount of pressure that is needed to cook the piece of food inside of it. The exact amount. God knows exactly the kind of pressure that you need in your life to not crush you, but to get the best out of you. Some, some things, I'm telling you this is the truth, some things only happen, some things only come out, some things only occur under pressure. There's some things you'll never see manifest in your life if you don't face Pressure, that's what Paul was saying in our verse for the year. Let me read it to you one more time. Each time God said, my grace is all you need. I know, Paul, you're, you're praying that I would take away this pressure. You're praying that I would take it away, but no, my grace is all you need. My power actually works best in your weakness. When you feel weak because the pressure is crushing you down, that's when my power works best. Paul says, so now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul knows, man, there's some things in my life that I, I literally cannot produce on my own. I can't figure it out on my own. The only way it's gonna happen is if God applies the right amount of pressure to my life. And so rather than trying to pray these things away, 
I am going to take pleasure in my weaknesses, pleasure in my hardships, pleasure in my pressure. I'm gonna take pleasure in these things because I know I need it. Just like Eden needed the pressure, just like the meat cooking needs the pressure, we need it in our lives. I'm gonna ask the worship team if they would come back up on stage. As they do, I just wanna kind of close out with this last thought. Um, A lot of us, as we were getting ready for this year, again, if you're anything like me, I can only speak for myself, but if you're anything like me, a lot of us, as you were planning and thinking about this year, you were thinking to yourself as you were writing down your resolutions or your goals or making your vision board, whatever, whatever it is you do, you were thinking to yourself, man, the stuff I could get done this year if I didn't have pressure. <laughs> the stuff I could do if I didn't have this pressure or that pressure or this coming at me or that coming at me, man, the things I could do if there was no pressure in my life. But what I want to tell you today, and man, I hope you internalize this truth. I hope you tell yourself this every single morning from here until the end of the year. You're better under pressure. Why ask for that to be taken away? You're better under pressure. You're better when the the, the chips are against you. You're better when your back's against the wall. You are better under pressure. We see it time and time again. Joseph was better because of pressure. Moses was better because of pressure. Esther was better because of pressure. Peter, Paul, they were all better because of the pressure that was in their life. And this is what I'll tell you. This is so important. You need the pressure because it does something to you. It does something to you. It makes you a better person. That pressure, I'll I'll go this far. I'll say it this way. Not all consuming, but you need stress in your life. You need to be a little anxious. You need to be a little insecure. You need to have a little bit of like, you need that tension. You need it. You need those things. You need those sleepless nights. You need those things you can't get off your mind. You need the pressure because you know what it does? It makes you a better prayer. You pray better. You go to God more. You you seek his help more. You know what else it does? It makes you more compassionate. You're not one of these arrogant know-it-alls who feels like they have everything figured out. You realize, you know what? I I actually, man, I'm going through some stuff. (laughs) Maybe that's why they're acting that way. Maybe that's why this is happening because they're going through some stuff too. It, it, It makes you less hard. It makes you more compassionate. You pray better. You trust God more. You need that pressure in your life, a pressure that pushes on you, that squeezes you but doesn't crush you, doesn't pulverize you. It does just enough. It does exactly what it's supposed to do to get that new wine out of you, to get the power of God out of you, to produce in you the power that can only be produced by pressure. You are better under pressure. I'm gonna ask you, let's stand to our feet and let me pray for you real quick. Father God, Forgive us for the times we've tried to pray away pressure. (laughs) In fact, how often has that pressure been your hands holding us? Been, Been you trying to guide us and push us and mold us and make us into who you had in mind from the very start? God, we humbly say today, we we don't know what we need. (laughs) The pressure that we think is taking us down, it may actually be the pressure that one day lifts us up. The, the, the pressure that we condemn today may be the pressure that we celebrate tomorrow because of what it's done in our life and the people that it's made us into. So God, help us in the midst of our pressure to not pray for you to take it away, 
but pray for you to make yourself so abundantly clear in the midst of it that we would see what you're trying to do in it, that we would see the, the new person you're trying to make us into, that we would see your hand at play in the pressure so that we can look at it and realize, you know what? This is good for me and I'm going to be better because of this pressure. I'm gonna be a better person under pressure. I'm gonna be a person who looks more like Jesus because I'm under pressure. Help us to see that God in the midst of the pressing, in the midst of the crushing, to see your hand at work making us more and more like Jesus. We love you, Father, and we pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.